0: All right, so, you know, as you hear that video and you, you know, maybe even pictured yourself, you know, having somebody come up and ask you that question, I think it's important just to address from the very beginning that for some of us, you know, we're really comfortable right now talking about this topic, for others of us, maybe the tension is a little bit higher than normal and that's okay, we want to put you at ease that, that we wanna talk about this in, in a safe and inviting way and um, I'm really excited to have Alfonso up here on stage with us, you guys can clap for him. Uh, Alfonso, I love this guy. He's one of our pastors in training here at H2O. He's been on staff with us for about a year, he was a student that got involved with us, and he's going to share a lot throughout this message and share a little bit about his own personal story as well, but I want to get started and, uh, and just kind of lay a foundation for what we're doing here today, and I think the first question that maybe you're thinking uh, right now, maybe you wouldn't say it out loud, but you might be thinking this in your head, and the first question is, why? You know, why do we need to address a topic like this? Why do we need to take a whole Sunday and spend some time talking about race within the church? And, and so I want to just kind of give two specific reasons why we're addressing this as we get started. And the first, the first reason is this, that, you know, unless you live in a cave, unless you don't know exactly what's going on within our world, you know that race relations are something that are talked about a lot within our culture. It's a, a very prevalent issue within our world right now. It's something that's on the forefront of the news and as a church we believe in addressing real issues you know we don't want to just come to church and and play church and read the bible but not actually apply it to our lives and as we are going to open up the scripture today i think you're going to be amazed to see how much the bible actually talks about race relations because the problems that we see ourselves facing today they're not new problems they've existed from the beginning of humanity you know 63% of americans they say that that race relations when they think about uh, racial relations within our country and within our nation, 63% of us say that they're generally not good. 63% of us say that they're generally not bad. Even though I honestly believe most of us have a heart to be unified and to connect with one another, 63% of us say that they're not good at all. And so as a church, we need to engage with this issue so that we can be on the forefront of leading and bringing hope and light to our culture. And then secondly, I would say it's so important for us to educate ourselves and to understand one another. Today is about educating ourselves and understanding one another, and, and I want to just state something obvious as we get started off here today, and the, the obvious thing is this, that we live in a primarily white town. If you're a student, you go to school on a primarily white campus. This is a primarily white church, and and of course, as I say that, like, I want to make sure that we know that there's nothing wrong with that, right? This isn't White Guilt Sunday or anything like that, okay? So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think it's actually really cool that as you look at our town, h 20 is one of the most diverse places that you can come, and our goal is that we continue to grow in that, but there is so much more work that we have to do as a church and as a society. And so what we have to recognize as we're coming here to try to learn and educate ourselves is this. Uh, There's a very real reality that, that white people and people of color, no matter what color you are, white people and people of color have had a very different experience in our country and in our world. Our experiences have been very different. This is not an opinion, this is a fact, this is a reality that we come face to face with. And so unless we're able to talk about the different experiences, unless we're able to try to understand one another more, we'll never be able to truly have an open, real conversation. You know, some of us, maybe we would never say this, but maybe some of us are just thinking this in the back of our head, and I wanna address this thought. Maybe some of us, um, especially those of us who are white here, maybe we would even have this thought where we'd say, do we really need to talk about this right now? I mean, it's Black History Month. Our our culture, our world has has kind of progressed, at least to some extent. You know, I've even heard some people say, oh, we've had a black president. You know, when can we put this issue to rest? You know, some people may think that in their hearts and in their minds. And so what we wanna say is, While there has been progress made, there is definitely still work to be done. You know, and I think that especially as followers of Christ, especially as people who are trying to live for Jesus, we need to come to this topic and figure out what does the Bible say? What does the Bible honestly say if we want to be people who bring hope and light to this world, what does the Bible say about the issue of race racial reconciliation so uh, I want to start with this here's our big idea for today the big idea is this you can pull it out if you have your handouts and follow along with this the big idea is that we need the gospel to experience true and lasting racial reconciliation we Need the gospel. Our honest conviction here at H2O is that we need the gospel to experience true and lasting racial reconciliation. And there's lots of attempts in our world to try to unify people. And lots of those attempts are probably extremely good-hearted. But we believe that the Bible, the truth of what Jesus has done for every single human, no matter what you look like, is the only thing that will bring real, lasting reconciliation between all peoples. You know, think about this. Our our world, in a a very great attempt, oftentimes, to bring unity, we we trumpet this word tolerance, right? And and there's a lot of times where we talk about tolerance. And tolerance is, is a great starting point to the conversation. But listen, the Bible says tolerance is only a starting point. We shouldn't just seek to tolerate each other, you know, just get along with each other. The Bible says, no, we need to move from tolerating each other to actually loving one another to caring for one another, to bearing one another's burdens, to being part of the same family. And so the Bible takes racial reconciliation much further than our world and our culture does and says we move beyond tolerance and we move towards love, love that's based on what Jesus has done for us. And our hope today is to kind of unpack that together a little bit. You see, sadly, when we think about even how the church has handled racial reconciliation, I think Uh, you know, we can probably give the church the benefit of the doubt that we have had good intentions as churches, you know, nationwide, not just this church, but uh, the church in general in America has probably had good intentions, but oftentimes we've kind of handled the topic or the subject a little bit Uh, misinformed we've said things like well can't we can't we all just get along you know or we said things like we're we're just we're all God's children so we should try to look as similar as possible sound as similar as possible and everything will be fine And, and oftentimes in a desire to have unity we just strive to look the same and act the same but as Alfonso and I have talked we've realized that I don't believe that that is the best way forward For the church, and in fact, that's not the way forward that the Bible talks about. See, there's there's been this mistaken call for assimilation, rather than a celebration of diversity and unity, and that's what we want to do today. We want to celebrate the fact that there are very different realities that we've all experienced, but those different realities can be celebrated and can actually give us a better picture of who the God of the universe is when we don't just all try to look or act the same, but when we celebrate the diversity that exists within the church. I want to read this passage of scripture before I hand it over to Alfonso in Genesis chapter 1, and it's really a verse that we've talked about a lot, Uh, within this church because it is a foundation for so many different issues that we can face. And I think especially when it comes to this issue, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, you can open up your Bibles or follow along there. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image. In our likeness, so that they may have rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And here's verse 27, which is so foundational for our understanding of what human dignity looks like. So God created mankind in his image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. So here's what that means. If you are a human here today, and I think all of us are, if you are a human here today, then you have a special place in this world. You see, all that God created is beautiful, right? When you, when you look at the ocean, when you look at the mountains, when you, when you look out at the cosmos, when you look at animals, you say, wow, that is amazing. That is beautiful. But humanity has a special dignity, That is so much better than the rest of creation. The Bible says that as humans, we were created in the image of the God of the universe. The rest of creation, it wasn't created in the image of God. It reflects the glory of God, but it wasn't created in the image of God. But as humans, we were created in the image of God. Every single one of us, no matter what we look like. And so what that means is for every single one of us, I know many of us, we struggle with this question. Am I valuable? Do I Matter. Where do I get my worth? Where do I get my value? Where do I get my dignity? What this verse means is that no matter who you are, no matter what you're from, you are of infinite worth, of infinite value. And, and there's nothing that can ever take away from the beauty of that truth. And that's the premise that we start off with this morning and this message with today so with that being said i want to invite Alfonso in and and alfonso i just want to even just start off and just Mm -hmm. ask you you know why is this topic so important
1: to you yeah yeah thank you brian um yeah, so probably over like the last few years, uh, I've been thinking about this uh, topic a lot ever since becoming a Christian and um, coming to a place, um, I grew up in a black church, but coming here, things are a lot different. Um, so I've been wrestling with this a lot. And so I've had a lot of conversation with just friends, family, um, people on the staff team, even my beautiful wife, Catherine, who's actually, my wife is actually white, if you didn't know that. Um, but um, yeah, so I've been like just processing through it a lot. I've done a lot of reading and scripture and just studying of the word. And I'm um, just listening, reading other books, and I'm um, listening to other pastors, and I've really just started to think, like, why does this even matter? And going back to the verse that Brian just shared, it's just because, like, we are all created in the image of God. And so when you think about that for a minute, it's just like every single person in this room, in this world, has, like, value. No matter what you look like, no matter how tall you are, how short you are. Like, we all have value, and so the reason that it matters to me is because it matters to the God universe who created every single person on this planet, and that's why it matters. And the other thing is why it's, it's important to me is just because, like, just even since Genesis, even throughout history, you've just seen so much just, like, anger and hostility between people who are different. And that just like really hurts my heart so much. And so I I long to see a people who actually love one another and are seeking peace and unity uh, just as Christ would want for us.
0: Yeah. Thanks man, and uh, I, I wanted, to, you know, we talked about this even as we were preparing and, and you shared a little bit about like, you know, this type of church, H2O type of church, even though you're on staff with us, like this isn't necessarily mm-hmm. the background that you came from, so yeah. maybe you can share a little bit about your story and how you ended up on staff with us.
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, so I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, um, inner city South Bend, um, and so uh, my high school was primarily black and, and Latino students, um, a very small uh Uh, white population, Um, and so, and and one thing I will say, too, um, is that, like, my family actually taught me growing up to love people no matter how how different they are, and so I just want to put that out there, so I I have great loving parents, but uh, for me, just, like, coming here, the differences between, like, H2O and, like, where I grew up, are completely different, um, and, and before I even get into those differences that I want to talk about, um, the reason I actually came here to BG used to play football. Um, and so while I was playing football, I actually had a teammate named Ronnie Goble, who was actually on staff at H2O, and he had actually invited me to H2O um, and FCA Bible studies and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, you're a Christian. I am too. Like, I think that I am, or at least um, that's what I thought then. Um, and so I was like, hey, let's, I'll actually go with you. And so I remember walking into a first service, a kickoff service of 2013, I think. Um, and I walk in and I was in culture shock, I honestly was just like. Oh my goodness, these people look nothing like me. Okay, I started, you know, sitting down in my seat. You know, you listen to worship. Okay, what's this worship music? I never heard of contemporary worship in my life. I only knew of gospel worship music. Um, and then even, even further from that, I started even thinking about the message and the, the pastor. The pastor's using notes. Where I'm from, pastors don't use notes. They just go up there with a Bible, um, probably some water, and a towel because they're probably sweating from all the yelling <laughs> that they're doing. And so, and so I walk in and this experience is just like completely different. Um, but the one thing I will say, though, um, and, and this is just a testament just to the culture that's been bred here, is that I experienced the love of Christ that I could have never thought I would experience coming into H2O. It's like these people, despite the fact that I look different than them, we come from different backgrounds. Like they wanted to know me; they're just asking me where I'm, where like where i from, the way I think, when to process stuff with me. And so I experienced love that I had never thought I would experience from people that were my age actually looked different than me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So we, we had a good time with that because I think I was that pastor who was up on stage, you know, with the notes. I was like, what's wrong with using notes? I didn't know that was, what's wrong? I'm, I don't have water. I have coffee, you know, and uh, he was like, I thought I was showing up for a class, not for church. I just, you know, so anyway, we had fun with that, but, you know, I, even, I mean, it's really humbling. I feel like, you know, you're, you're a gift to our church, and um, even just thinking about that reality of, of the positive experience I know even like just from talking with you like you've had a lot of positive experience mm-hmm. not just with h but even on campus and in the mm-hmm. community in general but not every experience has been positive either yeah. you know so I thought maybe you could share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah um, so before I even just share um, first I just want to say that like my experience is like unique to just me as a, a black person so I can't speak for every single black person that's either sitting here today um, or people out in the city or all across this world, because every person has a different, unique experience in, in terms of this topic. Um, but for me, just like one story that really um, just sticks out, um, it was in my freshman year of college, um, and I was actually, me and one of my guys on my, my floor, we were just coming back from the bars. I wasn't a Christian at this time, so don't pass any judgment on me or anything like that. Um, but but um, we were coming back from the bars and we were walking um, and my friend was actually he was mixed um, black and white and so we were um, walking and we ended up passing all the frat and sorority houses and as we were walking like two or three guys they walk outside of the door and they called us N-words I'm like hey you N-words you know why don't you come over here and we'll fight you and, and all this kind of stuff. Like, you you got any issues with us? And my friend, he's like, he's willing to go on a fight. And as he's, like, getting ready to go, I'm, like, holding him back. There's, like, literally, like, probably at least 10 to 15 of them. And, I, and I'm telling him, like, dude, no. Like, we're just going to walk back. I'm not I'm about to go either die or have to go to the hospital. Um, and, and so, like, that experience for me was just, like, it like, really hurts, you know, uh, just to think that, like, because of the color of my skin and how different I am, that someone wanted to harm me, um, and so like that, uh, I'll never just forget that. Um, just because it was, just like, man, like, I, I, why do I have to suffer because I just looked different than you?
0: Yeah, I know. For me, like that's that's even hard, you know, to hear and to, you know to think that, that you would experience something like that in, in our town and in our community. And I think that just highlights why you know, this topic needs to be addressed. Because yeah, we can talk about progress that we made, but there's so much more. And so even when I hear stories like that too, like, it just makes me long. Um, for the gospel, you know, and for God's perspective on this topic, and and I think that that's what can truly bring hope. So I love it if you share a little bit from yeah. your heart on that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. And so like when I think about this topic of unity and uh, racial reconciliation, um. Just over like the past, um, like week or so, just spending some time like reading God's word, I've been drawn to one passage of scripture. Um. And so if you have your Bibles um, or a smartphone, turn to Ephesians chapter two, uh, verses eleven through twenty-two. And if you don't don't, don't have a Bible there's some in front of you Um, those are actually a gift from our church to you so feel free to take that home with you if you do not have one and so yeah if you could turn to Ephesians chapter 2 11 through 22 I'll read who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressing ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you peace to those who were near for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are being built together into a dulling pace for God by the Spirit." And so when I think about this, this massive chunk and beautiful portion of just God's word, um, I just, there's three points and three things I want to talk about. Um, And the first thing I want to say just from this section, from the first uh, verse, um, verse two, couple of verses, is that we are all in the same position, and that is separated. We are all in the same position, and that is separated. And so when we go and we look back at verse 12, there's something that Paul says to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles are the people who actually, who just weren't Jews. I mean, he says to them, like, remember that you were separated from Christ. And so when I think about that, and I think about Paul's, Paul's plea to the to Gentiles to remember, it's just like, okay, you were separated from God and from Christ in your own sin. And so when we think about sin, back in Genesis 3, when it entered the world, sin separated us one from God. But that is not all that actually happened when sin entered the earth. When sin entered the earth, it also separated us from each other. Like, think about that. It actually separated us from each other and that literally caused so many problems. And we see the ramification of those problems today in this world. And so when we think about just people groups in general, whether you're black, white, Latino, Asian, etc. Just think about the fact that there's issues within those people groups. There's issues between that pe- those people groups who look, actually look the same and with people who are actually different from them. People are separated from each other, and that's an issue. And so this is, a, this is an issue, though, that isn't even new to this day. It's actually old. This is an old issue that even Paul was addressing back in these verses. And so if you even go and look back in the rest of of verse 12, we see that Paul also says that the Gentiles are alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, which is the Jewish people is what he was referring to, meaning that they were alienated, meaning that they were like far off away from these people. And so when you think about this alienation that they experienced, that wasn't even all that happened when alienation happened between them and, and, and the Jews that alienation was also met with hostility. And if you go and look in verse 14, you can see that. And he he mentions in verse 14 that that there was a wall of hostility that Christ literally came to tear down. And the interesting thing about this is so you think about about people being alienated and you think about that alienation having hostility. Well, if you actually look at that, you see that in our world today. And even back then, the craziest part about this, this thing that Paul mentions to us there's like a little bit of history behind this wall there was a legit wall in the Jewish temple court that actually separated the Jews from the Gentiles and on those walls there was an inscription and it was warning the Gentiles that they would only have themselves to blame for their death if they were to pass beyond that point And so just think about that for a minute, a legit wall. Think about Bowling Green right now. If you were to put a wall near like your dorm, wherever you live, and say, let's just say you can't cross over because the people on the other side said that they're better than you, that you don't have much worth. And if you ever even think that you're good enough to reach this other side, and you actually try to do it, you will be killed. There's a lot, there's there's something there that we really, really need to wrestle with when we think about being alienated and how there's hostility in that, and like division within within people. So when we think about that, we get a glimpse really of how alienation leads to hostility. And that is something that we have seen for literally years when people groups have been separated. And so when you think about just our humanity today when people begin to exclude someone, begin to threaten someone, or even kill someone, what happens when, that, when those things take place? Anger, rage, frustration, all those things are what, what happened. I can only imagine what the Gentiles feeling, were feeling when you think about this wall that the Jews had put up, saying like, yeah, if you cross this, we'll literally kill you. You have yourself to blame for that. And that is something that we are all too familiar with, even in our world today, and even in America. In America, you think about our history, going back to the slave trade or segregation, civil rights, police brutality, or even other pandemoniums between the other ethnic groups, there's a lot of things that have happened that have caused tension that we all experience today and have been suffering from for literally years, which is the same thing that even Paul was talking about. But the thing about that though, the thing about this, this section of scripture is so, is so beautiful. Was that there was a hope. That despite all the hostility, all the alienation and separation that sin has caused between people, there is a hope that has been provided for us. And that leads to my second point, that Christ came to bring peace between all people. And so back in verses 13 and 19, I'm gonna read them for us again. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments, expression, ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and, he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And so even when, you, and when we look back at that, there's something beautiful there. And it's just the gospel. Like there's so much beauty in what the gospel does for people who are different, people who have been separated, and it's to unify us. When we think about Christ, when he came to this earth, he literally took sin upon himself. Like our personal sin that literally affected our relationship. But the other thing that Christ also took, he took the messiness of hostility. He took upon himself the messiness of racism, the messiness of discrimination. All the things that have really separated people for centuries. Christ himself literally physically took a beating with all those things upon himself. And then what he did was he rose from the grave showing that he literally has power and dominion over the things that we struggle with today when it comes between separation within people groups. Christ literally came and it says that he literally killed the hostility. Meaning that if we're in Christ, there's no hostility. There's peace. Which is what these verses says that Christ literally came and did for us. And in his death and in his resurrection, this peace that we have with God and with one another reconciled us. Made amends is what reconcile means, making friends so that so all of us in this room, in Christ, we are literally friends. And then even so more beautiful, when you look down, it even talks about how we are even no longer strangers or aliens towards one another. Meaning that what we should be doing is getting to know one another. Like, even, oh, I just love this. Even further down, it talks about pretty much we are family. We are fellow citizens of the household of God. Just think about that for a minute. We are literally fellow citizens of the household of God through Christ, meaning that we are family. And so if you think about that for a minute, just picture family. So think about your own family. Think about if you have siblings or if you're a parent and you have multiple kids, you know, it, it would be very hurtful and painful if you have one kid who decides like, hey, I don't, I don't like my brother because, you know, he looks different than me. He's a little bit lighter than me. Uh, he thinks different than I do or she thinks different than I do. I don't like them. Well, the, the response from a parent would be what? Like, no, we're supposed, they are your sister, they are your brother, you're supposed to love on them. You're supposed to literally treat them uniquely and appreciate their differences. And the best part about that, even going back to like the Genesis part that we talked about earlier is that they're created in God's image, so they have unique value. Every single person, despite your skin color, despite your personality type, you all are unique. And that is like the best part about this, And when I think about this, it really reminds me of this oneness that Christ has come to bring between us. And my last and final point, going and thinking about this oneness and what it looks like for us, is this. Is that because of the gospel, we get to worship together forever. Because of the gospel, we get to worship together forever. And so the best place that I can even think of, it's probably one of my favorite portions of scripture, especially when I think about this topic... Is in Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through twelve, and it reads as this: After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number, from every nation, from all tribes, and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, "Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb." And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And when I think about that, that is literally us as the body of Christ. That is us in the future, but it's also us today. Think about us during this, during like just this time of, of just worship that we even had earlier and that we're about to have is that, think about all of us, no matter where we come from, screaming out at the top of our lungs, on our knees, worshiping the heavenly king, the one that literally came to bring salvation for every single person that's in this room. Like, just picture that for a minute. That like, despite how different you may be, Christ literally came and has reigned supreme and salvation is of him and we get to together cry out before God screaming hallelujah amen blessed is the name of the king Jesus who came to reconcile all people to himself and together despite how different we are
0: Yeah, and that's a that's an awesome picture. And we should long for that day as uh, as followers of Christ. And, you know, even just think about that prayer, you know, that, that most of us have heard before, the, the Our Father, uh, on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's something that we say when we recite that prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. And this is a picture of heaven, every tribe, every tongue, every nation crying out and worship together. And so when we celebrate diversity, when we celebrate the fact that God, God has called every tribe tongue nation to come and to worship him it's a little picture of heaven it's like a picture of what the true reality that God wants for us is. And we were talking about this earlier. We are talking about this at our, our staff time this week as we were preparing for this this Sunday and this message. And we were just thinking about, you know, think about the reality that uh, for, for some of us who maybe struggle and say, well, I'm not sure if I can get there. I'm not sure that, that I can really like love people that are different than me. Well, if you don't love diversity, if you don't celebrate the differentness that, that exists on this earth, then you're probably not going to love heaven, right? Because heaven looks like all of us worshiping together the one true king. And so uh, we talked about the reality that the church needs to lead the way on this. And so uh, I just want to close with just a kind of a couple thoughts on what that can look like, on what we can practically do, you know, to push into this issue and to be a people that bring hope into our world that wants it. I believe most of us want it, but we don't know how or where to start. And I just want to share a verse here real quick that will kind of guide us on these last three things we want to talk about briefly. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, a little bit later on, on the section that Alfonso read. It's uh, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit Through the bond of peace. And so when we think about that, the first thing I think that we need to do, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, is we need to be humble and listen. We need to be humble and listen. Do you you see how uh, in verse two, it talks about be completely humble and gentle. And I know for for so many of us, it is tempting to feel like we have a lot of this figured out. You know, maybe, you know, you you watch your favorite news station or you have your group of friends and you talk about this issue a lot. And so it's kind of like, no, I, I completely understand it. But humility says, when I come to this issue, I'm going to actually listen to people who have a different perspective from me and try to be honest and gentle and understand a completely different perspective. To be humble and listen, and it's funny as we were talking about and preparing for this this week, it's like, it's amazing how many of the things that we're talking about in this message on racial reconciliation apply to any type of relationship that you have. Whether it's marriage, whether it's friendships, whether it's with a roommate, wouldn't it be amazing if you think about our relationships, if we would all just start with being humble and listening, how much further we would go in our ability to reconcile with one another. And How much more so with the topic of race? And so first, would we be humble and listen? The second is this. We need to build friendships. Build relationships and friendships with people that are different than us. Catch in in verse 3. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so the reality is, for a lot of us, it will take intentionality to actually form meaningful relationships with people that are different than us, especially people that are a different race than us. Uh, We talk about intentionality a lot around here at HGO, whether it's in your relationships with one another, whether it's in your relationship with God. We often say you don't just drift into good relationships. And the same is true when it comes to this topic. We're not just going to drift into unity. It's something that we have to make every effort effort towards to continue to grow and so we actually we're, we're going to try something um, even over the next three weeks to just try to provide a platform for that because some of us and obviously there's nothing wrong if you find yourself in this spot you say that sounds great I wouldn't even know where to start like like how, how would I even start doing that and so for the next three Sundays starting today at one o'clock and you can come and go if you can't make it today um, the next couple weeks or whatever but from the next three Sundays one to about two o'clock Alfonso and a few of our leaders are going to lead a discussion group around this topic. Maybe you could just give a quick update on what that'll look like.
1: Yeah, and so if, uh, if you're a person that's, um, just like Brian said, is like processing through this, it's like uh, you want to know more but don't know where to even start, this is a great place and opportunity for you just to have an open, healthy discussion as to what does it look like for us as people um, to live a, 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 in reconciliation through the gospel. Um, and so it would be over the next three Sundays, including this Sunday at 1 o'clock. And so if, if you're really just processing through things and want to just come and have that conversation, we would love to have you. Awesome.
0: Great. So that'll start this Sunday. And, and, and I think when you think about that, you're going to come and be honest and talk about hard issues, but do it in a way that's comfortable and inviting for all of us because we all want to grow and learn. Um, so be humble and listen, build friendships. And then third and finally is we need to speak up. We need to speak up and fight for justice when we find ourselves in situations where we can be an advocate for for justice and equality then we need to speak up you know a lot of times when you think about our world you know and especially you know people who are white you know you you, you're taught to kind of like look out for yourself all of us are taught to look out for ourselves, and so maybe you're here and you're like well you know I've never experienced injustice before you know that's just not part of my life well the bible says in in verse two here it says that we can bear with one another in love bear with one another in love So it's not just enough to say like, well, I've never experienced that, so I guess it doesn't affect me. Because if we're truly family and we truly love each other, you know, you heard that story. I know every single person's heart breaks to hear something like that because something in us says that's wrong, that's not right. But then we can't just stay silent and say that's not wrong, that's not right, I hope that something happens good out of that situation. No, we have the opportunity to use our voices to say if we see something that's wrong, if we see injustice, whether it's systematic or whether it's individual, we can take the opportunity to speak up and speak on behalf of people that may not even be able to speak for themselves at certain times and say, this isn't right. See, God created us all in his image. We all have dignity. We all have value. We all have the opportunity to know him because he came to tear down that wall between him and us and between one another. And we can be a part of that reconciliation, but we have to speak up. We have to use our positions to to bring the influence that we have to break down those walls of division. So we bear with one another by speaking up and carrying one another's burdens. And the church can lead the way on this. Our hope, our prayer, our heart is that as we have this heart for unity and reconciliation, that is not just a desire, but it's something that takes intentionality and action. And so would you be looking for opportunities to fight injustice and bring unity within our world? So with that being said, I want to I wanna spend some time praying and then I want to invite the band to come up and lead us in worship as we close out. So why don't you bow your heads in prayer with me.